Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, just like Jimmy Fallon, we played Super Mario Run for a few seconds. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Hey, Patrick. How's it going? Get going well, Mark. How are you? I'm doing really well. Really well? I mean, okay, full disclosure, I was You're going to pedal so... that back? No, 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 no. I am committed to doing well. But no, last week I was so tired. Why were you so tired I last week? I don't know. Week? I don't know. I'm old. <laughs> I'm an adult. I don't know. I didn't get enough sleep. No, that's and fair. And I can't just like bounce back. We don't start recording these things until after 8 o'clock <laughs> after on 8 Monday. O'clock. No, I mean, we're, we're joking a little bit right now, but as soon as I, we're, I'm done with this recording and you leave, Mark, I don't think... You probably don't get to your car and, and my pants are off and I'm in bed. Like, immediately to bed. So, this week... Mm-hmm. I'm feeling great. Yeah. I think it was because normally I just like drive over here and we like get into it and I've like just come from work or whatever. Right. Uh, but, but we've been hanging out for a little bit now. Yeah. Yeah. We've been hanging out for a little bit now. So, you know, I feel like uh, re-energized because I had to be on, baby. Uh, with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get each other amped up. <laughs> it's just so much amped up energy in this room. Uh, weather report. What do you say we skip it? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, if you really want to know, just listen to last week's episode, because it's about the same. Right. Copy, paste, mm-hmm. uh, dump it right in. Yeah. I mean, we, we have no a, alterations. No alterations. We have a lot to get to today. Uh, that's right. First thing that we need to get to, however, is the debug. Uh, Ooh, boy. Perhaps as a consequence of Mark being too tired last week. Oh, well, I don't... Sure. Yeah, it's all my fault. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Mark was tired, so both of us made a bunch of mistakes last week. Um. So this is the the debug section of the show where either you can write in with your corrections for us or we can just notice our own flaws. Uh, We are reflective creatures in in that regard. Mark and I had a whole conversation about a bird creature in the um, trailer for Breath of the Wild, Um, but we were talking about two different bird creatures in two different videos. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mark, I think... Oops. Oops. (laughs) I think... We need better communication between us, <laughs> which is crazy because I feel like we are pretty good at talking to each other. Yeah, I mean, I yes, right. Yeah. We don't listen to each other. <laughs> no, but we're no, very good not at speaking at all. to yeah, each we're other. Very, very good at opening our mouths and just like screaming words at each other from across the table. Right. Well, the other person just stares wide-eyed, waiting for their chance to speak. So you were describing the uh, the bard-esque bird in the Let's Play video I was talking about. There's like a warrior-looking bird in the more cinematic trailer. Oh, okay. Um, and they both seem cool. It's why are there so many birds in this game? I don't game? know. I'll call it Bird of the Wild. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, we also talked a little bit about THQ Nordic and about how they are going to be bringing games to the uh, Switch. We talked specifically about Deblob and Darksiders. 
THQ Nordic is, uh, I, I was at the time reaching for some like latent memories of what THQ Nordic actually is. And it is not the company that actually developed those games. It is a company that was purchasing uh, the THQ um, IP. They were just Nordic before this. Oh, weird. Yeah. Very strange. Um, and I also uh, went in and did a little bit of reading about Quest 64. Uh, and I will withdraw my request for, for a sequel to that game. Uh, an- another thing, um, I could not come up with the characters that replaced Banjo and Conker in the Diddy Kong, Diddy Kong Racing on, on the DS. It's Tiny Kong and Dixie Kong. Who's Tiny Kong? Tiny Kong is, she's a girl with baggy pants. She's from, <laughs> she's from Donkey Kong 64. Oh, that's why you don't remember her. I, I mean, I vaguely remember. Like, I do. I'm not a big Donkey Kong 64 fan. There's Lanky Kong. <laughs> he plays basketball. <laughs> he might play basketball. <laughs> he plays the trombone. Remember, they all play musical instruments. Oh, right, of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, there was a a mouse character whose name I couldn't remember. I I thought her, her name was maybe Pip. It's Pipsy. So I feel like I'm 90. percent Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or more accurately, I was uh what 70 66 percent right on it but i mean it could just be that you're on like good terms with pipsy oh sure like right. pip. we're yeah. casual yeah yeah you're casual hey pip uh also not a specific correction <laughs> just like a general overall note uh my boyfriend generally doesn't listen to the show that often because um he is not really a video game person but for some reason, he of course, this was the show he was listening to. <laughs> Last week's show was the one he was listening to. And even though he doesn't have a ton of context for what we were talking about, he would, we'd be, I'd be like saying something on the show. Like I must have called the Wii U the Wii and vice versa like over a hundred times. It's uh, the difference of one syllable. It's understandable is what I'm saying. <laughs> and so he, he would just like I'd on the podcast I'd be like saying something and uh we were in the room together and he'd just like turn to me in, uh in person and be like that can't be true or like that's not right or that doesn't make sense. And so that's when I realized, oh boy. <laughs> okay, well so do we need to go back and rename last week's episode Mistake Arama? <laughs> what was last week's episode called? Uh, last week's episode. Oh, that was, was called... uh, 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 elated versus way hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, because I'm. I think. I mean, just by our very nature, there will probably be a future show that we can mistake around. Okay, great. So we're, we're not changing last week's episode name because it would be inappropriate, but because we're banking that one for the future. <laughs> yeah, because we know we're going to need it. Because it's gold. Mark, what have you been playing this uh, week? I played a lot of super mario brothers 3 which ah. is not like new or exciting but uh it's only one of the greatest games ever made right right and it's and the reason i've kept replaying it since i've had the uh nes classic edition is because i want to get good at it again yeah and it is remarkable like the difference between the first time i tried to play through it and this is probably like the third time that I'm going through that I went through it. So, are you using like save states and coming back to it, and yeah, or are you just going straight through? Um, I'm doing like save states, okay. But I've been treating it like uh, I think the original one was, where like you can only save after castles and well, there were ships. There was no saving in 
like the original NES release of Super Mario Brothers 3. Interesting. It had no I must battery. be thinking of... Uh, in All-Stars, you can. In All-Stars, yeah. because I played a lot of All-Stars. And maybe the Game Boy Advance version, but I don't... I don't know. That's probably... I'm guessing they did, but... Sure. Put that in debug. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this episode is Maybe mistake Arama. Oh, did we curse ourselves? To oh for, no! To for every episode to forever be mistake Arama. Yeah, mistake Arama part one, mistake Arama part two, mistake Arama part three. This is also our tenth episode spectacular. It is. <laughs> tenth episode mistake spectacular. Um, but- How many mistakes can we cram into two hours? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I, so, well, anyways, so I guess I just made this arbitrary rule then that I'm just going to save <laughs> after, because when we were playing, when you and I were playing and Sarah were playing through, um, Super yeah. Mario Brothers 2, we were using save states a lot. We were, that's referred to as uh, save scrubbing, right? Save scumming? I mean, I, I don't know. i believe i would believe either of those i am about to google video game terms mark <laughs> <laughs> and i will tell you what it's called so but but you're you're not doing it to like give yourself an advantage or anything no like i'm just trying to do it, it so that way like if i have to go do something because i am ostensibly still an adult right i can re- come which is back why you're and tired just, like, pick it up right exactly uh i can just come back and pick it up anyways it is one of the greatest games of all time um, but yeah, I've gotten markedly better at it, and you, you can even tell just in the sense that, like, the first time I played through it, there were times where I was, like, scrimping for lives, Yeah, you know, where I'd be, like, down to, like, four or five, and I'm like, oh, I really have to beat this level here, uh, and, like, when I got to World 8, I didn't have a ton of items, except for, like, music boxes and stars. And, and clouds. The, and, like, yeah. and, and, uh, and the, this last time I went through, yeah, it's just, like... Um, it that sense of satisfaction at having gotten better at a game is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's I like that you're able to recapture that same sort of feeling of like practicing and getting better. Uh, just so you know, the Wikipedia glossary of video game terms defines save scumming as the manipulation of game save states to gain an advantage during play or achieve a particular outcome of unpredictable events. So I, I guess I'd say that's what we were doing. That's what we were doing yeah. with, with Super Mario Brothers 2, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It is not what I'm doing with Super Mario Brothers 3. That's right. You are being an honorable player. Uh-huh. I don't know if uh, honorable player is on this. <laughs> but it's glossary. a wiki, so you can, so you can <laughs> add it. We can just add it. Yeah. You know, we should actually, we should pick a video game term at random. This can be a new segment. Maybe like a vocabulary lesson. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Because as we've said many times, mm-hmm. we are fans, but not experts. That's right. Yeah. Well, and I think even experts, there are, this article is intimidating and <laughs> huge. And uh, like, I'm just looking, I'm just, here, here are, alphabetically, here are some of the N, the terms uh, that begin with the, yeah. the letter N. Um, nerf. You and I both know nerf means to like bring down the power level of some character or, or weapon or something to make it more balanced, right? Mm-hmm. And but it's kind of a derogatory term, meaning that like maybe they did it uh, uh, unfairly or usually the community is against a nerfing of something. Um, but like my mom wouldn't know that, and I think normal people would be like, "What are you talking about? What do you mean nerf?" <laughs> uh, so nerf, 
New Game Plus, Newbie, No Clip Mode, Noob, Non-Player Character. I like how there's Newbie and Noob. Yeah, well, yeah, yes. Um, also, I believe Noob is spelled wrong here. Noob should be two zeros, right? N-zero-zero-B? Yeah, or that's how I imagine it when I'm saying it. Mark, have you been playing anything else this week? Uh, no. How about you, Patrick? Uh, I've been playing... I, I played Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. I, I went up to Big Bear this weekend mm-hmm. uh, with a bunch of friends and brought the 3DS and the NES Classic. And the NES Classic was on a lot. Um, Kirby's Adventure and Dr. Mario got the most play. And Dr. Mario got the most play because Sarah was with me. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I refuse to believe that everybody loves Dr. Mario as much as, like, I feel like the common denominator in all these stories is you and Sarah. Right. Well, I actually, I don't know that I played any Dr. Mario. Sarah played it a lot this weekend. Um, but yeah, Kirby's Adventure got a lot of play. Uh, we were with a dog named Kirby, so perhaps that is why. Kirby, this is Kirby's first shout out on the podcast. Yo, Kirby, what up, girl? Um, and then yeah, I said uh, Pokemon, right? Just kind of continuing the grind there. Have you uh, backed off of Pokemon? Some, Only or? because I haven't really had the time yeah. to play recently. Um, I am looking forward to the like Christmas slowdown yeah. type stuff. How's uh, we'll how's do. your sexy owl doing? Uh great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I unlocked the. Uh, like mini game slash island you can go to where you collect a lot of poke beans. Yeah, and so that has increased everybody's happiness because they don't have to be stingy anymore. I can just uh feed them as much as possible. Yeah, so everybody good. in good. my party is full, whereas before I had to be like, <laughs> I I had to be you know like you had to ration out. I, I had to ration out like Oregon Trail, like you know, be like, no, I am just giving them to uh my beautiful owl and my beautiful Pikachu because. Uh, they're the only ones I care about their happiness. Uh, let me ask you this, because I'm also still rocking the Pikachu, though I have a Thunderstone to mm-hmm. evolve him to Raichu. Um, it's a, a severe step down in cuteness. Yeah. Is, is there a reason that I should be evolving it, or should I just be happy with what I... It's not a grass is greener situation, right? I can just leave the Pikachu as Pikachu. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I would. Then how do I get the Raichu in my Pokedex? Um, I guess that's what trading is for. Sure. Or you could catch, catch another a Pichu. dummy P- Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. A crappy Pikachu. <laughs> uh, Mark, let's, uh, we have got us a news week. So let's, let's head into the news. Uh, we have so much news this week that we believe the entire episode will be news. Yeah. Right? That's what we're, we're declaring that now. Uh, so this is the beginning of uh, the news and the topic of the week. Mark, it is... News on the march. All right. News on the march. <laughs> All right. Well, to kick us off, Super Mario Run. Yes. Is coming out on iOS devices on Thursday, January 15th. It is free to start, $9.99 for the full game. Uh, and a four-level playable demo is now available at Apple stores. 
So it should be noted that is Apple stores and not app stores. You cannot go to the app store and download the demo of this thing until the the game is out. But yes, go into an Apple store and you can play Super Mario Run. Yeah, and uh, Patrick and I, just before we recorded this, Mm -hmm. went over to our local Apple store. Right, we went to the Glendale Galleria. Mm -hmm. And we could have gone to the Americana. But we didn't. We didn't. Uh, it's, It's nice to have options. Yeah. Uh, and so we played, how, how long were we in the store? How long do you think we were playing? I can't imagine that long. Like two or three hours? <laughs> I mean, I think we were there for maybe 15 minutes. That sounds right. Uh, so the, it's it seems like it's on pretty much any uh, iOS device they have in the Apple store. There was one phone we picked up that did not seem to have it. <laughs> right. The first phone the that first we went The first phone to. we picked yeah. up. But uh, it seemed to be everywhere else. And I think it was supposed to be on the phone. It was not on. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's the first three levels. Yep. Of, in their entirety. Uh, in their entirety. And then you get 20 seconds in the like castle. Which guess what? It's not enough time no. to get anywhere in that castle. Um, what'd you think, Patrick? Uh, I liked it. Um, I was, I, I found the first level my first time through, to be much more challenging than I thought it was going to be. Um, not that I was dying or anything, but that, you know, the game is about, it's, it's a score rush game, and it's hard to um, at least initially get all the coins and uh, get all the uh, pink coins or purple coins or whatever they are. Um, yeah, well, what, what, what's your, like, first impression of it, Mark? Um, I thought it was fine yeah you got a little bit of that sass <laughs> going on i can see uh, it be like I who me thought it um, was fine. sorry about my sass uh no i thought yeah i thought it was okay i will admit that it lowered my excitement level just a little bit after playing through it and it um but it's not bad sure it just wasn't I didn't feel like it was amazing. See, I was genuinely having fun while I was doing it, which maybe that's a low bar for a game is, am I having fun or not? Um, but I don't know that I feel like most iPhone games that I play, not that I even really play any, but aren't even aren't like, don't try to entertain me. They just try to like make my time go away. Yeah. And and um, I think the difference between Super Mario Run and just a regular Super Mario Brothers game mm-hmm. is that us even like uh, new Super Mario Brothers, you like sit down and it's uh, satisfying to play in long, um, like gaming sessions. Sure, you know, like you mm-hmm. play it more, and as you get better at it, you're like, oh, cool, I'm just gonna, like going to keep going. Whereas this feels very much, and in a lot of ways, that's probably to its benefit, but it do- it feels very much like oh, I'm just going to pull this out and play like a quick level. It's more arcadey in that way. Yeah, so it, it doesn't, the mechanics, it doesn't, at least in these early levels, uh-huh. it doesn't feel as satisfying as a full Super Mario game. But as a mobile game, I think it does the trick where you're just like, oh, I'm like waiting for something or, you know, like I'm just going to pull out my phone for a second, yeah. run through this level, and then I'm going to go off and do something else instead of the... uh more like traditional Mario gameplay. Right. That it, it, it's not 
there there's not a physical space really to explore yeah at all um yeah i i don't know i think that there's a i think i might be more excited about it uh having just played it um because I, I went back to the the first level after doing everything, um, and and when I say doing everything, I just mean getting through all the other levels. Um, and I actually collected all of the pink coins uh, in in level one one, which then opens up another set of coins in in a different space. So it's like seeing the same level again, but which is like a slightly different context. And it looks like there's even another set of coins beyond those. Like it's it's hard to say really how much there is in this thing. But if there's, I like the idea of going back in and having to, with the same set of tools in a level, get, like, achieve a different outcome, you know, get coins in different places. Um, so, like, in that way, I think it could be fun to, like, spend some real time, like, going back through the levels, uh, even after you've already cleared them out. Well, I agree, because even though I, the mechanic is simplistic, mm-hmm. it does reward, like, as you get better at it you will be able to do more stuff. Like it really is one of those things that it's easy to get through the levels. Oh, you know, yeah. like anybody can get through the levels, but in order to collect like all the coins or kill all the enemies is going to take multiple times through it. Yeah. Uh, so again, in that way, I think it is like the perfect mobile game. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also a, a bunch of game modes that we've only seen like little bits and pieces of, uh, and it'll it'll be interesting to see how all of that uh, really plays yeah, out. Yeah, and I'm in the sure that build. the mechanics will become, even if the actual uh, like push the button to jump type thing doesn't change, mm-hmm. the level design I'm sure will get more interesting and complex. You know, because we're basically yeah we're talking playing about level like one, one. level one mm-hmm. one, which is just like the and you can see all of the levels in the game and some of their like names and mechanics. And there's ghost house, ghost houses. Mm-hmm. And there are the, like, ships, you know, so there's a bunch of different um, ways that these, this very simple jump mechanic is going to be used. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was just trying to look up uh, to see if 1-1 one, one was a, uh, in, in this glossary, and it is not. 1-1. One, one I'm telling be... you, it's a wiki, so all we can... So we're going to change it? <laughs> All these things can be added, and then somebody can angrily, who like curates it, can angrily come in and. I've like, never heard that rem- before. <laughs> <laughs> Citation needed. Uh, so yeah, like obviously, I'm going to be picking it up at ten dollars. It seems like a no-brainer for me personally. Uh, it, I am coming away from it, uh, maybe not less excited, just more having a better understanding of what the game actually is. Sure, I think it would well i was gonna say i think it'd be beneficial for them to release this demo not just in apple stores but it's gonna be free i mean the the same what what we played in the apple store i believe is gonna be the exact same thing that's free for people to download on thursday so i got a text message from my friend who was at an apple store getting his phone repaired and so he tried it out and he was not a fan oh yeah um he just felt like it controlled weird and was kind of slow. He's not a video gamer. Sure. Uh, and so it went from a must buy to a not going to buy mm. for him. And I do agree that the, uh, I, I wouldn't say it controls slow, but it does control a little interesting. I think it's different because uh, I, I, it took me a second too to like, I don't think we tap phones the same way we tap buttons. So like, 
when I'm much more comfortable holding the jump button for a longer time on a controller than on a phone. Like, it, that's just not how I think about controlling things on the surface of a touch screen. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. Well, or... and, and also for me, I felt like when you're jumping on multiple enemies, mm-hmm. it seems like Mario, like when you get to a third enemy, there are multiple times where it seems like Mario shouldn't be able to land on him mm-hmm. land on like the third koopa troopa or goomba because there's too much he has too much momentum yeah but for some reason he lands on him anyways well and so mm-hmm. uh and and so i just have to i think i just have to get used to the physics of that because because i didn't think he was going to land on the third one i didn't push the button to get like the boost right the jump off of him and so I, I think it's just going to be like getting used to those sorts of mechanics. Right, which looks so much like mechanics that you've been using forever, and they're actually like a little bit different. Yeah. Just like, because Mario will, if he's running at a Goomba and you don't push anything, he vaults over it. Right. Um, so like, yeah, that, like all of that sort of messes with like, that's not my expectation of Mario. But it, I don't know, it, it seems cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm not not excited. Okay, great. <laughs> I'll, I'll be excited about it. Uh, the other thing that... I feel like that fits our brand. Yeah, of course. <laughs> for me to be excited and for you and not me to, to be... be like, mm, I'm, mm, we'll see. Uh, earn my excitement. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a totally valid thing for, for you to want. No, 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 that's what I sound like. <laughs> no, uh, and another thing that I'm like, oh, that's interesting is that Super Mario Run, it came out that Super Mario Run requires an internet connection at all times in order to play. And this is a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, yes. I think it's actually kind of a huge bummer. Uh, planes. Yeah, I mean, planes if on the, like a subway or train. Trains and automobiles, <laughs> yes. Yeah, like... Um, but not automobiles. Well, no, even automobiles, because the, the uh, days of unlimited data... Yeah, are that's true. far gone and the rumor i think was that it was gonna it was like 64 megabits an hour or like 32 megabytes of data uh-huh. an hour that's a lot yeah for like a for a game that doesn't really ne- seem to need it right other like, than for piracy reasons it, all it's doing is like checking your license at the apple store yeah and i mean and, and they are uh, upfront about it but you know they're saying like yeah we are doing this for piracy reasons and it goes back to um, them, uh, kind of their hesitation with mobile in the beginning, you sure. know, it's like devaluing their IP. And there's a reason why it's launching on iOS first versus Android, where because right. the, the Apple Store is a much more controlled environment. Yeah, I mean, it's not perfect by any means, but way more than uh, side loading apps on Android. Mm-hmm. And so Android will be coming next year, but I and also they have the marketing might of Nintendo behind them. But I, or of Apple behind them. But yeah, just that kind of sucks. Yeah. That, that you, like you can't play this without data. Yeah. Yeah. That, that bums me out too. Especially because, like, wouldn't it be nice to, like, download it on a, an old phone and, like, give it to a kid or something? Like that, that would be, that'd be so good. Uh, but no, it's always got to be. And I suppose if it's, it can be on Wi Fi. I don't know. I'm I'm still like the idea of having this like uh, a, a a cool um you know Miyamoto designed Mario game in your pocket at all times, you know, whether you thought to grab your 3DS before you left the house or not is so appealing 
And they'd be like, oh, well, you know, also as long as you're not getting on a plane or going underground or driving out into the middle of the desert to bury a body because, <laughs> you know, someone saw something they weren't supposed to see and then you got to get rid of the evidence. All of these not- scenarios. Yes, all of these scenarios. Will apply to somebody. Right. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I understand where they're coming from. But, like, again, like, I... Like- you sound more sympathetic in this one than I do. I, I'm not. I'm. I. I'm a little bit angry about this one. Even. Yeah. I mean. I think I am too. It just feels. Yeah. It's just such a bummer. Yeah. So we're saying bummer a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> so mistakes are radical. Or bummer. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's bummerama. <laughs> uh, so on on the subject of Super Mario Run, uh, Nintendo of America president Reggie Fizami appeared on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon to show off both Super Mario Run and, surprise, maybe surprise, maybe not surprise, uh, the Nintendo Switch. Um, so, Mark, did you uh, did you watch this thing? Yeah, I, oh, I mean, I didn't watch it live, but I watched the YouTube. Yeah, you were texting me about it that, that night. Yeah. Um, I had already gone to bed. Because <laughs> as, as previously mentioned, I am old. Um, but I did watch it. First thing the next morning when I woke up at 5.30. Um, it sounded so mad when I said 5.30 just now, and I didn't mean it. So J- Jimmy played Super Mario Run, uh, impressing Mr. Miyamoto with his performance. Or so we, he was doing fine. I guess for on live TV, like that's, that's tough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When you played World 1-2, did you do better than Jimmy did? Uh, no, I actually think... I didn't get as many pink coins the first time I went through. Mm. Uh, other other stuff that, that happened during this demonstration. Uh, Reggie demonstrated Breath of the Wild on the Switch. Um, first playing it on the TV, essentially. Uh, and then uh, removing the Switch from the dock and handing it to Jimmy, uh, who was then just excited to play Breath of the Wild on, on the Switch. And also was just like geeking out the whole time. It was pretty cute. I don't like Fallon um but you know he seems sincere yeah put him in the uh game awards column <laughs> let's let's unpack that <laughs> put him in the game awards column because we don't really like because we don't really like him. <laughs> yeah what what i i, I don't know i don't know i, no, I, I, I assume maybe there were more commonalities no like, I'm, I'm interested okay. in hearing yeah uh yeah I, it's it's just so funny that like he's got a switch in his hand and he's like, oh, I got to show everyone the kickstand. <laughs> what? <laughs> but uh, what are you doing? Of course, what I loved was, uh, um, and I'm glad it happened, but like the internet was like on it, right? Because this was like really the the in- first in the wild look we've had at the switch. Yeah. And so they were like, I think that's a U- USB C port. Yeah. And I think it is too. Like, you know, like they were like they, right. and they, they were like, C- oh, they were like CSIing it. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, oh, enhance, zoom in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I think the, to me, two two things about this. Mm-hmm. Uh one is how on message Nintendo is about the Switch. Yeah. Where again the main feature that they showed off was switching between the TV and the portable. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that is as thus far the major marketing message and they haven't strayed from it. It's arguably the only marketing message at this point. Yeah. We still don't know. We can assume, but we still don't know that this thing has a touch screen. Right. Crazy. 
And the other thing is that it feels like Nintendo's kind of having a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, 2016 was has been a rough year for Nintendo. Sure, and the world. Yeah, but um, specifically <laughs> for the scope of our podcast. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nintendo. Uh, but they've... I guess it's kind of been like a transition year, and it feels like 2017... Is the payoff. Potentially. Yeah. Like, they've gone through a lot of pain in order to reach this point. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you could even argue that last year was uh, outside of uh, Super Mario Maker. I can't really think of what, like, big... And I guess Splatoon was also last year. Yeah. But, but like, Smash was the year before. Um, So, like, I feel like we've been in a either straight-up Nintendo drought or a relative Nintendo drought for the last two years. Um. So yeah, let's let's see some of that some of that payoff. Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of there. Even though Nintendo wasn't directly involved with Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. it was definitely the beneficiary of the buzz around it. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, that has fed into a lot of excitement for Pokemon Sun and Moon, mm-hmm. which is selling really really well. Yeah, and then. That has fed into, seems to have fed into excitement for like Super Mario Run, which seems to be feeding excitement. You know, like it's just like yeah, for the general Switch. excitement mm-hmm. for Nintendo um, seems to be at the highest it's been in years. Right. And, and I, I don't oh, think plus, that's... Plus this podcast started. This po- oh, right, right. right? So we're, we're drumming up more excitement. Yeah. I yeah. mean, this is our uh, 10th episode spectacular. And it is so far. Spectacular. spectacular. Um, we had an extra music cue and everything. <laughs> Which is not impressive to anybody who d- doesn't see you like working the keyboard to get everything yeah, in I order. I don't know if it's clear, but I produce the show while we're hosting it and just do it live. Uh, so I am often in a cold sweat <laughs> in transitions <laughs> from one section to the next. Um, but yeah, so... It, and. And I, it's not luck. I really don't think it's just like luck that it's yeah. like, oh, and people are talking about Nintendo again. Um, it is has been a concerted effort that I think is now going to begin to pay off as long as they don't really mess it up. Come, come Switch launch, right? The, oh, it, and I forgot to mention the NES. Uh, oh yeah, the the classic. Yeah, like there are too many. There are too many like big things. We were talking about earlier how. 3DSs, new 3DSs are of any kind are just impossible to get in LA. Yeah, be they, seemingly be they XL anywhere. or otherwise. Yeah, like if, if you try to get them online, they're going for, you know, it, it almost 200% of uh, retail value, which is crazy. That's uh, Come on, man. What, what's, what's going on? They're having a moment. Um, but Beck, <laughs> we've, I've steered it, we've steered us too far away from, from the news item, I think. From Jimmy Fallon? Yeah. Well, basically, th- that's what I thought was yes. mo- like coolest about it was to see all of this happen where it's like nintendo's on here not just talk about super mario run but also to hawk this like uh product that hasn't even come out yet yeah yeah um and also just to like kind of rest in nintendo is cool like you can so uh mr miyamoto sat in with the roots and played the super mario brothers theme on an acoustic guitar like there's no point to that other than just like Jimmy loves Nintendo and like let's all love Nintendo together. And it was adorable. And and I think that's like a great um 
just like point about Nintendo in general is people love Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Nintendo just has to give them a reason to be excited about it. Right. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it feels like right now we have a reason to be excited about it. Yes. And uh, that feels like a big change, like you said, from like the past two years, mm-hmm. where it's just been a lot of like fretting right. and like, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh Nintendo. <laughs> um. So, uh, Mr. Miyamoto was was on the show, uh, with um Reggie. He didn't really do much other other than he was I in the probably, audience. Yeah, he was yeah. in the audience. Um. And he was accompanied by Bill Trinan, the uh, senior product marketing manager for Nintendo of America, um, who was dropping hints on Twitter that uh, Mr. Miyamoto's shirt uh, contained some clues of some kind. Um, and the shirt is basically a, it's Mario in like a samurai getup. Um, and the, uh, the, the kanji on it said, we, we think it said ran or yeah. run. Well, I think it's like ran. And then, which is pronounced or has the meaning in Japanese of run. Okay. So it's just like, I think his shirt was just a celebration of Super Mario Run. Right. But then why the samurai outfit? Well, uh, I don't know the culture, like, I don't know the cultural connotation of, like, ran. But mm-hmm. I do know that there is a Akira Kurosawa film called that, which right. involves war between samurais. Uh, so, Samurai Mario game. Uh, Switch launch title? Yeah, lock it down. (laughs) Great. Let's talk about some other uh, Switch rumors, unless you had anything else you wanted to add about uh, The Tonight Show. No. Okay, great. Um, So multiple sources are reporting the existence of GameCube games running on the Nintendo Switch. Three games have already been prepared, Super Mario Sunshine, Luigi's Mansion, and Super Smash Bros. Melee. All three of which, by the by the way, we've talked about as like games we want to play. Yeah, we can't. talked about last week how uh, <laughs> you've never played Sunshine, and I wish it was available. Right. Um, and then uh, further to that, Animal Crossing has also been said to be in the testing phase. There's no official word that any of these games will actually be released. Um, but if they're setting them up, I mean, what a great time to be alive. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to find to for GameCube games to be on the virtual console mm-hmm. in whatever form it may take. Yeah, or or eShop or however that's going to be branded. Yeah, going cause forward. Because I, I guess the uh, um the Wii games. Yeah, the Wii games as they appear on the Wii U are not technically a virtual console. They're just Wii games available on the eShop. So, yeah, I mean, it's virtual console is a is a weirdly dated term. And, like, I, you know, props to Nintendo for naming that, right? Like, because when that came out, there weren't other, there weren't comparable things. Um, but there are now, and eShop makes a ton of sense. Yeah, you might as well just throw everything into one store instead of, yeah. like, segregating them. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I will uh, I'll download and play Super Mario Sunshine at the first available opportunity. Do you know, does the GameCube animal crossing have like all the nes games or was that like the 64 version oh that is an interesting question i don't know mark i think it's the gamecube version i think they are in the gamecube and so i wonder if that like aspect of it would be in there as well so uh give a little context here uh just that in uh animal crossing earlier games mm-hmm. i think the gamecube one is included it was not on the ds version or anything that right. i've played um there's like arcade cabinets that you can acquire 
just like any other like furniture item is my understanding and um in those arcade cabinets are certain nes games like metroid or donkey kong and they're not just like the first level or demos they were the full games that were like playable in animal crossing oh man that would be That'd be kind of dangerous. If, if I mean, it'd be really, they, it'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't remember. I think it, that's true for the GameCube version, but I, I can't remember. I have never played it. But I would definitely be picking it up if that were the case. Oh yeah, no kidding. In a heartbeat. Uh, so another week and another great Switch rumor from Laura Kate Dale. Uh, her this week she's saying that From Software has Dark Souls Three running on Switch hardware. Uh, quote, at a level of performance they are happy with and are considering a re-release of the three Dark Souls games, including all like the DLC and everything. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, From Software was on the list of developers that was supporting That was supporting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we know that they are working on something. Uh, This would be great. I mean, Dark Souls... I've played Bloodborne on the PlayStation 4. And Dark Souls is like their um, from software is like fantasy, one of those like incredibly difficult mm-hmm. like third person combat games. Well, Bloodborne, right? Like, really just came about because Sony wanted like to have their own. Yeah, one yeah, of it's those a Sony exclusive. From make it mm-hmm. right, but the the Dark Souls is kind of like the OG. Yeah, there was. I guess there was a game before that called Demon Souls demons uh, souls demons souls and there right. was one of those and that's owned by that ip's like owned by like uh bandai namco yeah or something someone, like, someone that. like that and uh and then they made dark souls and then they also have bloodborne uh i this would be great i don't know entirely how it, w- it would work um part of the uh bloodborne and like dark souls the whole thing is that you're always connected online so mm. somebody can invade your game at any moment. I don't know how that would work with um switch I and mean, maybe it always needs to be online. Yeah, I guess you know, that's that true. You just can't take it out of the house. Yeah. It just that seems to defeat the purpose of the switch. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I play so much Wii U um just on on the gamepad tablet even though the TV's right in front of me. I just cuz like there's something about having the screen right in front of my face that sometimes that feels good. Um, and I imagine I'll do the same with the Switch, too. Oh, yeah. I uh, think I will probably use it primarily. I mean, personally, I don't think I will be taking it to a park and playing the Switch. You're not going to take your dog there in the middle of the night <laughs> slash first thing in the morning, morning. when the sun yeah. is rising? As I've just pulled an all-nighter playing Breath of the Wild. That's right. Well, that actually might happen. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, n- no, I'd like... in. I imagine I will be taking it. Yeah, I'll be taking it on like planes, but a lot of planes have Wi-Fi. Right now, I will be taking it to friends' homes. Most of my friends have Wi-Fi. You know, like and they give you the password. And they so. give you the password. I have kind friends. Um, but yeah, the, it, just like stuff like that. But all of these, who who cares? I would take Dark Souls three again. The main selling point of any game on Switch is the portability. Absolutely. So, like, what does this have over the PlayStation 4 release of Dark Souls 3? It's portable. It's portable, right. Yeah. So they, they have to find a workaround for the uh, being able to invade other people's games. The, uh, the other part of this rumor is that um, From Software is considering it, but they haven't 
like gone ahead and done it. They're kind of waiting to see what adoption of the Switch is like. Sure. I can't imagine that we it'll be possible to find a Switch in stores until the holidays. Like, I think they're going to be difficult to come by. I think Nintendo's going to sell... Based on what? Just... History? No, just like... No, just like general excitement. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that they probably aren't going to... It's not going to be like a PlayStation 4 Pro situation where you walk into a Best Buy and get, like, swallowed up in the sea of, you know, like, consoles. Right. I think it's going to be more like a Wii or a Nintendo DS Lite or... NES, NES Classic, Classic Edition, where and because they, this isn't even like old hardware, right? This is like their brand new, yeah. seemingly fairly cutting edge, even for uh, to put all of this power into. So I think they're going to basically be selling whatever they can make. Yeah. So, um, which is another reason why it makes sense for like Pokemon Stars or whatever to be coming out, to be saving a game for the holidays. For the holidays, yeah, because. Nintendo doesn't really have to... I don't think they have to worry about the launch period. I think they're going to sell whatever they can make. I, I think that's right. Also, uh, like, just a heads up to, like, anyone... Like, you're going to be contending with the other maniacs that are going to the Target two hours before it opens. You're going to be going up against me. I'm really hoping we can pre-order this thing. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I get, like, that... I assume that we're not going to be able to. Well, and even if pre-orders are available, it doesn't mean that we'll be able to get one. Right, because you'll you know? have to be like sitting at your computer when like pre-orders are now available. <laughs> right. You know, to just do it. <laughs> um, also, it's every man for himself. You don't help me, I don't help you. Got it? <laughs> uh, all right, we're, we're going to actually take a little bit of a break from the news uh, because there's just so much news. So we're going to just move out of the news for a second. Now it is time for a regular segment. It's 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 4.33, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of our show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. For the duration of one performance of 4.33, Mark and I will talk about something not Nintendo-related and uh, thus fulfilling the contract of uh, 4.33. I'm starting the performance now. Mark. Let's talk about Christmas music. Let's talk about Christmas music. Uh, do you like Christmas music? Yeah, I, I have my go-tos that okay. I like, have in rotation. Mm-hmm. I would say that in general, like, I, I don't just turn on the radio. Oh, yeah, because I think there's way, for disaster. there's way more bad Christmas music mm-hmm. and there is good Christmas. And not like enjoyably bad. Just like Mannheim Steamroller, enjoyably bad, <laughs> or like those uh, country songs that seem the like the story ones that seem to come out, you know, around Christmas where yeah, it's like okay, yeah, there's sure. like a lone trucker Christmas and, shoes, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, you know, there's like a lone trucker and he's on the highway and it's snowing and then like on the CV radio, you know, like a little boy comes on is like I just Santa, want my, are you there? Yeah, right. and like I just you know like I just want a teddy bear for Christmas and the trucker like I don't know like wife and kids died in a rollover car accident and so he's like touched by you know like one of those right and then he's got to drive out in the middle of the desert to bury <laughs> a body because someone saw something they weren't supposed to see <laughs> um so yeah i have my go-tos uh, <laughs> are you a fan of like the the classic christmas carols or do you like those um not quite as evergreen uh like the the pop songs that mm, no i can't do uh most of the pop songs yeah I, I think it's mostly just like I listen to the ones I grew up with. Yeah. 
for the most part. I This is the first year that I've discovered Phil Spector's Christmas album. I've heard good things about Phil Spector's it's Christmas It's pretty album. great. The last track is a little funny because like Phil Spector gets on. He's like, hi, I'm Phil Spector. <laughs> and you're like, aren't you a murderer? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but let's, let's enjoy the Christmas spirit um, together. Uh, so that one's been in heavy rotation. What about... Wh- <laughs> aren't you a murderer? <laughs> uh, I, I listened to the um, Amy Mann's Christmas record, uh, One More Drifter in the Snow, which is like half original music and half um, Amy doing uh, like old pop standards. Um, and I love the discs upon discs of Sufjan Stevens' uh, Christmas record. Um, his uh, his song "Sister Winter" I think is one of the best songs he's ever recorded, um, and it's a you know one of his Christmas songs. Um, I will put those on unseasonably early, like early November. I'll start putting the Sufjan Stevens Christmas records on. Otherwise, after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm the me. same way. Um, I have an early December birthday, and so um, the the general rule of thumb is like not until after my birthday. That's a good rule. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Hey, you can adopt it if you You're want. You're welcome. I'm not <laughs> not, not until before, not, not until August twenty fourth. No, my birthday. <laughs> oh, you can use my birthday. <laughs> you can use my birthday as the marker. I just assumed that the no matter what what I was borrowing was quote not until my birthday unquote. <laughs> I mean, you can do that too. I don't like it. <laughs> Makes the season too 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 wide. Um, least favorite Christmas song. Oh jeez. Go from the gut. Well, okay. first one that comes from Santa Baby. Then. Oh yeah. What is it with <laughs> Christmas songs and trying to make Santa sexy? I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Gross. Shut it down. Santa Baby. Absolutely not. Are there other examples? Um, I just feel those like those two are too many. <laughs> those two are too many. I feel like in general, there's like uh, you know, there's this sense of like oh, but then there's also at work. Uh, on one of the TVs was uh, Ron Howard's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Mm-hmm. And in it, there's like this like s- sexy who that you're like, oh, like yeah, it's very unappealing. I just, I just in general don't feel like Santa. Santa and sex should be nowhere near each other. Uh, I will agree with you 100% on that. Santa and sex, never the twain shall meet. I like Santa. I like sex. I don't need them together. There's also a remarkable number of Christmas songs about like uh terrible relationships, like uh baby it's cold outside. Yeah, and like whams like last Christmas I gave you my yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh and then what's the awful not about relationships, but possibly my least favorite Christmas song of all time is Paul McCartney's Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's a bad song. I don't I, I people get worked up about Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time and I feel like it's just as bad as all the other bad Christmas songs. You know I, I, mean? I think that what makes it worse for me is that it is uh, like it's an earworm. Like sure. it's like catchy. Like you're fighting singing it right now. Yeah, exactly. Let's uh, let's just wait while the listener sings it to themselves. And how blessed you must be mm-hmm. to have sit in that moment in silence because for some reason you have avoided that song your entire life oh you mean if someone do- doesn't know it yeah yeah that's that's a that's a mighty fine existence um i i know people also rag on the uh john lennon oh uh, war is over boo to that song i think it's a good song it lyrically it's trite oh and that is the <laughs> we'll never uh find out the rest of how we feel about that song um we were accompanied today by the brussels chamber choir 
which feels Christmas appropriate. Mark, let's get back into the news. Uh, and again, uh, there's a bunch of news here, so it's really... I like how it cuts out just like a fraction of a second too early. <laughs> yeah. don't Please don't send that to us for debugging. Oh, yeah. No, we know. That's a feature. <laughs> yeah. But, it, oh, but if you do have something that you'd like to debug, I don't know if we've said this yet. Oh, no, we haven't. You can send uh, any of your emails, any of them, <laughs> any email to us. Preferably, you can send... <laughs> preferably, you'll be sending relevant ones. But really, you could send any of them. Any, any emails to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Metroid Other M. Oof. Metroid Other M for the Wii is now available on the Wii U eShop. Not virtual console. Not virtual console. See, there you go. Nineteen ninety nine. Uh so I've never played this game, Mark. I have. I played it when it came out. I think I was doing what's the game equivalent of Netflix? Gamefly. Gamefly. Does that still exist? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I, I did I gameflyed it. Um I had a subscription at the time. And I don't hate it as much as other people do. Mm-hmm. I agree that the story is pretty is told very terribly, mm-hmm. and there uh, the it controls awkwardly because anytime you want to like shoot a rocket, you it becomes first person. You use right, the you Wii point the pointer, screen. and there's a couple of pixel hunting sh- sections mm-hmm. that are um, like legitimately terrible. But the side scrolling stuff. Uh, I don't hate as much as other people do. I don't think it's a great Metroid game, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's an awful game. See, I feel like I need to play it just because it is the only Metroid blind spot that I have. Um, also, uh, just so you know, the Wikipedia glossary of video game terms defines pixel hunting as a game element that involves searching an entire scene for a single, often pixel-sized point of interactivity. Common in adventure games, most players consider Hunt the Pixel puzzles to be a tedious chore, born of inadequate game design. Well, there you go. There you go. That, like that sums it up. Although for twenty bucks, I like yeah, you should play it. We should play it together. We should, and then like have a full conversation about it. Yeah, is what we should do. Also, bring on someone to talk about it. Yeah, we'll do all of this. We'll force somebody to play okay. it with us <laughs> because it, uh, it, at least originally, I'm guessing they haven't fixed it for the eShop release, but you could not skip the cutscenes. Oh no! And it's not just that these cutscenes were bad because they were bad, but in general, please give me the option to skip cutscenes because skip I, all cutscenes. Yeah, please. like 99 percent of the time. I do not want to watch your cutscenes. Yeah, well, and like, what if you're playing it for a second time? I think after you play it the first time, my memory is fuzzy on this. I feel like after you like complete it, uh-huh. the if you play it again, you are able to c- skip the cutscenes. Oh, at once that you've point. earned the right to <laughs> skip the cutscenes, I believe so. But this, there is so much story in this game that mm-hmm. I can totally see them being like, no, the story is important. So you have to watch it. Otherwise, you won't understand what you're pixel hunting for. All right. Well, we will get back to this game uh, some other time in real depth. We're going to both we're going to play it and hate it together. It'll be great. Uh, Koji Kondo's score for The Legend of Zelda The Ocarina of Time has been recorded by a 64 piece orchestra and is getting a vinyl release um, from I Am 8 Bit. Uh, you can order the two EP set on I Am 8 Bit for 40 bucks. 
Um, the digital download version of it will be available in Q1 with the vinyl um, coming out a few months later. No specific dates on those yet. Uh, the music is arranged and composed by Eric Buckolds. But, but, Buchholz? Who knows? Uh, he, he toured with the Legend of Zelda Symphony, the 25th Anniversary Symphony Orchestra, um, and uh, is, is conducting on the, the soundtrack disc that came with um, Sky, <coughs> Skyward Sword. So it'll be that level of um, arrangement uh, for all of those classic tunes. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, and, and it looks neat. It's a it's a a, a good looking package. Um, so if you know, there's no specific reason to be celebrating Ocarina right now, but uh, you know, it's a good game. Well, I think just in general, not even Nintendo related, something interesting that's happened is this kind of resurgence of nice releases. Mm, yes, of classic video game soundtracks. Like there was one I think recently for Turrican, Turrican, the like TurboGrafx 16 game. Oh, interesting. And because uh, I think it was maybe it was Amiga. I'm not sure. It was I. Uh, it's not Nintendo. You can write into Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail dot com with any of your corrections and debuggery. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's cool. I don't know if it's because printing on demand has become more like yeah, viable like more and affordable, affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, because i can't imagine that any of these sell enormous amounts right but, i mean other than like a, a zelda one which probably could sell pretty well yeah um but yeah even, but if you had a ballpark at like a million that that seems like a t- way that, too that, many yeah it seems like way too many like yeah. two hundred thousand. yeah i don't know especially when so much of the market for these things would be f- for japan and they're not big on like just having stuff you know what i mean yeah i mean i don't know that especially like something for like ocarina mm-hmm. is uh like the soundtrack for ocarina would specifically be for japan i think the symphony that's of the point. goddess like touring show mm-hmm. is still it's still going and that's been years and i think it's primarily it's like cats <laughs> now and forever yeah do you know they brought cats back <laughs> what yeah it's it's playing on broadway right now sidebar sidebar right, right. no I'm, okay. th- I'm there with you <laughs> so they so they brought so they brought cats back right and you're and immediately you're like oh they're gonna like deconstruct it or reinvent it or something right no no you do it as straight face as possible you do it like lady gaga singing the sound of music at the uh, academy awards you just do it yeah you don't make it weird you just do it <laughs> i i guess i mean i guess cats is weird enough <laughs> did they do a reorchestration of it because cats sounds terrible I, I think it's the people that love cats love cats and oh, they don't man. want you to touch it because the costumes are the same the sets you know it's like i get all very- of that though like that those are um the like campy and in such a specific way and the music just sounds like so limited no, and gross wait, oh i 100 agree <laughs> but but where i disagree is that i don't think that the people who want cats to be back do consider the costumes and the like staging everything to be campy. What? I think they consider it to be like the music where they're like, they're like, oh no, no, this is cats. This is like, it's not cats unless this is high art. <laughs> this is cats. <laughs> I don't know if the people who are going to see cats consider it high art. Um, I think they just consider it a good time. And I'm speaking as somebody who has seen cats twice. <laughs> Sidebar over. Sidebar over. Uh, Pokemon Go. 
Got to get some Pokemon news in here. Oh, yeah. It's getting a sizable update to include some Generation 2 Pokemon, finally. Hey. Uh, and then they also partnered with Starbucks to turn, like, the vast majority of Starbucks in the United States into Pokestops and gyms. Uh, is that worldwide? The uh, Starbucks? The, the number that I saw was 700. So I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like that couldn't possibly... Oh, I suppose it could be worldwide, but just not all... Yeah, that seems like worldwide. a small fraction. Right. Like, that could just be at Water Village, as far as I know. <laughs> uh, Togapi? Togapi! Togapi and Pichu can be hatched from eggs now. And there uh, might be some others mm-hmm. uh, from the Johto Joto? Joto? region. Mm-hmm. Uh, though, we'll have to see as players dis- as you know people hatch eggs and stuff and players discover them or <laughs> as it gets data mined that's right um the the update went live today so it'll be yesterday for uh the listener um monday. december 12th mm-hmm. monday december 12th um but yeah they they had like an announcement that they were going to make an announcement today they're rolling it out very i don't know strangely um but yeah we'll we'll see if we'll it the one thing that's kind of cool about Pokemon Go is that like they can be they can say like yeah a bunch of stuff is coming here it is it's ha- happening now and then like there's a a weird scramble where we figure out what's what's in the update. Do you still have Pokemon Go on your phone? I think so. Um, I haven't started in a while, uh, and now that I have an, an actual Pokemon game, I can actually play and battle against wild Pokemon and trade and stuff. Um, not that I've traded in it. Oh boy, digging myself into a hole here. <laughs> <laughs> now that I have a real Pokemon game, I haven't really bothered to play Go. Yeah, I finally deleted it off my phone just purely because the updates are so huge. Yeah. That when it does update, I wasn't. Um, I was gonna check out the top charts. Let's see. Three. Oh, to see how it's top grossing. It's so doing. it's still number three in the top top grossing. What are one and two? In uh, Clash Royale mm-hmm. is number one, and then Netflix is up there now and the fact that you can download videos to take with you seems to have yeah um spurred that but pokemon ghost 3 which is incredibly remarkable yeah yeah uh so i think it has just become to it's not a phenomenon anymore it just continues to operate like a very successful mobile game Mm -hmm. where there may the audience is maybe smaller but it's just like a very dedicated audience right uh, a new Box Boy game has been announced for a Japanese release. Uh, the title is Goodbye, Box Boy! Uh, and that's with exclamation points after both Goodbye and Box Boy. Um, it's the third game in the 3DS series, and uh, retail releases will come packed with a CD soundtrack and a Box Boy amiibo. Um, no word yet on whether any of that is coming to the West. Um, no, you're excited for this. Well, yeah, I, I like, I like uh, Box Boy and Box Box Boy. Um, which is the sequel. Uh, it's a very visually simplistic game, just black and white, like simple line drawings. Your character is a little box who can basically self-replicate a couple times. Um, and it's uh, kind of like puzzle platforming. Wait, it's by HAL Laboratory? Yeah. I had no idea. It's really good. Are they retail games? Or are no, they... they're, uh, they're on the, the virtual console or eShop, depending, I guess, <laughs> on, um, on 3DS. Um, and they're fun. You can, uh, I've, I've got the, the first one on my 3DS. You can give it a shot after we're done recording. I'm looking at pictures of Box Boy right now, and, uh, that's, that would be a very cute amiibo. It's, 
uh, hilarious. Or I guess his name is QB. His name is QB. That's Q-B-B-Y. right. That's right. <laughs> um, and so like the amiibo itself is just like a white cube with eyes uh, on on an amiibo stand. That's pretty great. Like I kind of want it. Um, but I'll hold out and hopefully hopefully it comes to the West. There's no, I guess, reason to believe that it will. Other than the first two games came here. So. Is the soundtrack? good i don't know i don't know that i've ever listened to it yeah i mean it just seems interesting that it is including a cd soundtrack i it, it seems like they're going all out with this right like let's push some box boy which is crazy yeah but, but i love it because i didn't realize there's a how laboratory game out there that i have not even touched well mark get on it uh, are they long are like the games long no not really um i think i got through the first one in you know maybe like three or four hours total um, not getting all of everything or perfect scores on everything, but um, yeah, it's a fun fun game. Uh, I I recommend. Um, also the it's like eight bucks or something. So, uh, also uh, net next next news item that was a horrible transition. Pokemon tournament, Pokemon tournament is adding yet another new character, Empoleon. Empoleon. Yeah, I'm guessing it's like Napoleon, so like Empoleon. Sure, Empoleon. Uh, the- I say that with so much confidence as I just like butchered right the, <laughs> the last book picha pichu uh yeah so they're getting this ice and steel based penguin uh and he's coming again just to the japanese arcade edition of the game it feels like i mean i think we talked about this rumor before that there's like Pokemon tournament for switch is coming it seems like it must be why would they keep just just updating the japanese arcade version of this like, what would be the point? And I understand being like, okay, we're not going to update the Wii U version because no one bought it. I get that. But then, like, why update anything? <laughs> yeah. Like, why? I, uh, I don't think Pokemon Tournament, even in arcades, is. I must be doing well enough. Who knows, man? Yeah. Nobody knows. No not one's played I. this game. <laughs> If you had to guess, just yeah. ballpark, uh-huh. how many units on the Wii U in the, the U.S.? In the U.S.? Exclusively. We'll say North America, because that's what uh, the um, NPD tracks. Sure. Okay, uh, so, so there are, what, f- uh, 14 million uh, Wii U's? Worldwide, yeah. Worldwide? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, geez. Has the, the real question here is, has this thing sold worse than the Virtual Boy? How much did the Virtual Boy sell? 700,000. Oh, did Pokemon tournament? Yeah, in North America, I say hands down, absolutely. You think fewer than five hundred thousand? I think possibly fewer than two hundred thousand. Whoa, that's super low. No one's gonna look it up. Though, so. <laughs> well, I don't even know. I doubt that information is available. Sure, fair enough. Yeah, but if you happen to know, <laughs> right? You can always email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail dot com. So here's like another, just like, this is kind of awesome. <laughs> There's a new fighting game developed by XSNK developers. To be clear, that is former, former right. uh, SNK SNK developers. developers, not like uh, ultra XSNK developers. <laughs> um, they developed a game for the Super Nintendo. Now, Mark, surely what you mean to say is that it's like a ROM or something. I do not. What do Surely you mean? I do not. Uh, they've developed... Then a- clarify thyself, <laughs> sir. <laughs> they've developed a full new fighting game called Unholy Night mm-hmm. that is going to be released in 
February 2007 on a 32 megabit. 2017. 2017. <laughs> 2017. Right. <laughs> a 32 megabit cartridge. Uh, which like, is... a, like a Super Nintendo mm-hmm. cartridge. I mean, that's an enormous cartridge. Yeah, it's like five times the size of a large Super Nintendo cartridge. But ostensibly, you will be able... To to if you are able to acquire one of these which i assume there will not be many right you will be able to plug it into a super nintendo super famicom Mm -hmm. so i've got a super nintendo right over there i hope that that's a fantasy but it would be so much fun to play it have you checked out um unholy night at all i saw some of the screenshots Mm -hmm. i don't know if there's like any videos uh no i don't i didn't see any video either but it looks like a uh an snk version of Darkstalkers. The, oh, that's the Capcom fighter. Yeah, because they're like werewolves and um, vampires and vampire hunters and stuff like that. So I don't know. It seems neat. Um, and the art is beautiful. Uh, it, this is exactly that. I mean, come on. That's one of the, the things that first got me excited, like to really buckle down and like get good at games or fighting games on the super nintendo you know um so the the idea that there's a new one <laughs> yeah in 20 2007 that's right just kidding <laughs> <Seventeen>. <laughs> yeah no my heart might explode um, uh what fighters did you play on the super nintendo uh what well, super street fighter or street fighter 2 street fighter 2 uh turbo championship or, well, all of them all of them uh did you did you own all the all like I owned three different Street Fighter Two, so I guess they would have been. Uh, why can't I remember what this, the middle one is? Just Vanilla Street Fighter Two and Super Street Fighter Two. Um, it was either Turbo or Championship Edition. I can't remember which one came in the Genesis and which one came in the Super Nintendo. Um, so those three, and then every Mortal Kombat game that came to the Super Nintendo. Um, the Clay Fighters loved Clay Fighters, even though it's not a good game. Um, probably more i mean if if it if it was a oh killer instinct um if it was a a super nintendo game and a fighting game like it passed through my library at some point what a great uh gig these fighting games are where it's like oh yeah yeah you're gonna buy like the vanilla edition but it won't really be good until like the third edition that you're going to just keep buying and i feel like that's what's happening with like street fighter 5 it's what's happening with all games yeah like a game releases and it's not done capcom has been doing that for 30 years <laughs> like they they're visionaries so good good on them uh this is kind of a weird one nintendo has hired hackers to expose points of weakness in the 3ds architecture uh presumably this is to keep the 3ds free of piracy going forward uh weird right weird now weird now yeah uh do you think they've started to see pirated software on the 3ds i think i mean probably mm-hmm. it just seems weird to like do this initiative at this point in time on the 3ds lifespan which do you think maybe nintendo is just now being made aware of the presence of hackers <laughs> i think maybe that's what's happening <laughs> no i mean i know they're not the most connected company but the ds definitely got ripped to shreds by sure. Uh, ROM hacks in, or not ROM hacks, just hacks right in uh the DS era. But I don't know. Like part of me, the wild conspiracy theory is like that. Whatever, maybe like some like kernel in the 3DS architecture is something that they are continuing on with, mm-hmm. and so 
they are using the 3ds as like a guinea pig to see oh what interesting people can get at that is based on no information right at all. right no but I, that, that's good extrapolation though because i think you know our question of why now uh i mean or i guess the the other answer is because they are going to be continue or supporting the 3ds for many years um i it's still it is still a possibility that they'll keep putting games out on that thing of course they have to make them available to people to <laughs> to buy them going forward but uh yeah it's a we- weird timing i think uh konami has filed a trademark for turbo graphics it is unknown at this time uh what this could portend but the filing is broad and ambiguous uh, it could mean that konami is in the market to produce an nes classic-esque turbo graphics 16 system which is the reason that it makes a, a news item on our Nintendo focus show. Um, I think that'd be neat if there was a uh, TurboGrafx-16 classic. Did you know anybody who owned a TurboGrafx-16? I did. Uh, my buddy Pete, who has written into this show, uh, and we, he, held, he gave us our first debug uh, segment. Um, yeah, he had a, a TurboGrafx-16, um, and I mostly remember playing um, the Bonk games. Bonk's adventure. Uh, he's like a little caveman with a giant head. Um, yeah, and and some others. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's a, a system that is was mostly missed uh, here in the states, but I think there are there are cool games to play on it. So um, I don't know. It's is also a little bit strange to think that Konami would be interested in you know dipping more into. I mean, first of all, they don't have a hardware manufacturing division although i guess they make like pachinko machines the whole thing just raises a lot of question marks um and i think it but i think it'd be fun to play one of these yeah i would actually be interested because i i didn't know anybody uh that owned a turbo graphic 16 and so that's like an entire series like games that i just have zero familiarity with Mm -hmm. and i think it would be it would be i would be interested in picking one up if it was like similarly priced if that is what they have in store, if right. it was uh, as well made and similarly priced as a, and do you think they could price it at sixty bucks, or do you think that I think be- they would have to put the whole catalog of games? Yeah, I think, and there aren't really that many games that came out for the TurboGrafx sixteen. It's like forty eight or fifty eight or something like that. If they could put them all on, then they could probably charge sixty bucks. But I think it would have to be. For me to even pay that, it would have to be well done because mm-hmm. it was just like one of the licensed, you know, like yeah. Genesis machines that you can pick up anywhere. Right. My interest, you know, like I'm significantly less interested. Yeah. It's got to it's got to be well put together. It would also just be like a fun little um, like nostalgia from an alternate universe. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, kind of speaking of which, the, the Famicom Mini yeah. sold 300,000 units. In Japan in November. Uh, in Japan. That's a lot. I think that probably makes it the best-selling like hard game hardware yeah. in Japan by a significant amount. Uh, well, that's exciting um, and cool. It's just amazing to me how well these things are doing. I wonder... I don't, I don't know that we'll ever know, but I wonder how many they've sold in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, we'll probably get like the NPD numbers and it'll just say all. <laughs> they just sold all of them. Yeah. Uh, well, that that's exciting. I still uh, entertain the fantasy of one day importing one of those. Um, I guess better sooner than later, huh? 
I mean, I still wonder how long they're going to be manufacturing them. Yeah. Because I do think there's going to reach a certain point where there's going to be, I, you know, probably sometime after Christmas, the desire for it right, is going to, is going to fall off like the, all the hype. And, um, I don't, Nintendo clearly does not seem like the kind of company that wants hundreds of thousands of NES classic editions just sitting on store shelves. Right. So it seems to me at some point they're going to pull the plug on manufacturing these things. Yeah. Um, well, and then, and then the TurboGrafx-16 and then, uh, classic can step up and take its place. Hopefully, they'll, like, they're, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen before Christmas, but hopefully there will reach a point where if you want to get one, you have the opportunity to before they're gone forever. Maybe they'll keep manufacturing them forever. It just doesn't seem worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, so um, you can now make a Charmander at Build-A-Bear. I think that says it all. Yeah, it does say it all. Mark, have you ever been to Build-A-Bear? Uh, I have not. Okay. You've walked past one in the mall, though. I am familiar with Build-A-Bear. Yes. <laughs> I am familiar with the concept. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Let's not talk about this any further. <laughs> Love it. Uh, this one I'm excited about. Yeah, let's get into it. N- Nintendo and Universal have announced that their first theme park att- attraction will be called Super Nintendo World. What? And this, like, this, like s- land... Uh, will first be opened in time for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. And uh, so Universal has a theme park in Osaka mm-hmm. or outside of Osaka. And then, uh, but other attractions will also be coming to Orlando and Los Angeles locations at uh, unspecified times. Uh, that's very exciting. I like theme parks. I'm a huge theme park fan. Mm-hmm. And uh universal in general i am not the biggest fan of yeah especially universal studios hollywood is just like it's a weird location it's a weird layout yeah where there's like it's not a traditional theme park like most theme parks are laid out like disneyland where you consider you walk in and it's kind of like a uh spoken hub type mm-hmm. scenario where it's like oh there's a center of the park you've got to really travel within universal yeah well you literally have there's they have what they call like the uh uh like what do they call it can't the, even the remember. escalator area is yeah that what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah so there's like the t- front area of the park which now includes harry potter world mm-hmm. uh wizarding world of harry potter and some other like thank you for yeah, using you're welcome you're welcome and some other like random attractions there's the water world stage show which there's is the good. water world stage show there's like the simpsons yep. area springfield. springfield but then you have to take they call it like the starway but it's like a series of three or four enormous escalators enormous escalators that if you've you... never seen these things like i don't know if you can google it or i'm something. sure you can it it's no, it's one of the crazier achievements maybe t- in the park. <laughs> maybe it takes 10 minutes to get it from top really to bottom. It takes a long time, yeah. And so you go from top of a mountain to literally the bottom of a mountain mm-hmm. uh, for a few other like random attractions. And the studio tour. and Or the studio tour or is on another tour. series oh, of right. escalators on the other side of the park. That's right. Um, and so uh, at Universal Studios, there are other theme parks like in... Uh, Florida and uh, Japan are more traditional where it's like themed lands in yeah. Hollywood is just kind of like Harry Potter a shotgun world. shot I mean, right. like. and Universal generally uh, is not as polished as Disney mm-hmm. they their Harry Potter stuff is pretty great 
Yeah. And that's what makes me excited for it seemed for the uh, Super Nintendo world. Yeah. Is because you know that Nintendo will be intimately involved. Yes. And it seems like that's when Universal Creative does their best work is when they have somebody who's like really like guiding them and being like, no, you can't cut corners on this. Right. No, this, th- these details matter. Yeah. People are going to freak out if these details are wrong. I mean, I think it's also possible that like, um, that's, a new direction for Universal because, like, um, Simpsons World and the Wizarding World of Harry Potter are the are like the two more recent additions to Universal in Hollywood, and they they're both really good. Like, they're both of high quality, and you know, like my heart almost exploded when I walked into when I walked into Moe's in order to beer, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was actually crying a little bit. <laughs> Um, but if I can, you know, go into the Mushroom Kingdom and like hop on a Goomba or something, yeah, I I think the kind of the bummer living in L.A. is that be- because of space restrictions, yeah, we won't be able to get the full land. We'll probably just get one or two, you know, like rides, right? Um, and th- somebody also, and I wish I knew who to attribute this to, s- dug up some patents for. How do how do normal people say that? I like over enunciated the word patents. <laughs> Is it patents? Yeah, I, I think I think either, I think that's that's how you say words like that though. <laughs> like you say the word button like that. Right, like button. Right. <laughs> Mountain. Right. Patents. Patents. It's fine. <laughs> patents a bag. Uh patent. <laughs> um for uh not it's not called out in the patents for, that it is for the super mario world Mm -hmm. but they had some like ride systems that universal had patented Mm -hmm. and one of them was seems like it'd be great for like a and people are speculating it's for a donkey kong and minecart ride ride, and Mm -hmm. it has the jumps that from like donkey kong country and the way they do that is that you're actually the car is actually on a track below the like um show track Mm -hmm. so it'll look like you're jumping where or like your car comes off the that's so cool yeah so like and uh, there's minecart an, madness mine, is the name of that level. And there's another um, one that people are speculating would be great for like a Mario Kart type. And the patent like illustrations has it. It almost looks like a Formula One racer car, mm-hmm. but it's on a pivot point at the front. So like the front of it would be anchored, mm-hmm. and that'd be pulled on the track. And then behind you would be like free you'd be like freely freely like swinging back and forth based on like the momentum of the vehicle so there's a lot of great potential for it to be fun um i can't wait to see what they do you want to just uh like just pitch some crazy ideas yeah Uh, like a uh like a rainbow road roller coaster yeah see that'd be great or like a uh a, a maze themed like zelda or uh metroid just that a, would be just cool. a maze, just a regular maze walking around in a maze. Like, what do you do? I wonder if it'll be all Mushroom Kingdom themed, or if it's going mm. to be just like they're not going to be like, oh, you're walking into Hyrule, you're walking into, and it's just like here's a bunch of like oversized Nintendo icon iconography, mm-hmm. and that'll just be like it's like Super Nintendo World. The theme is Nintendo instead of being like the theme is Mushroom Kingdom. The theme is this. Right. It's not a what it really should be is just a Nintendo theme park and yeah. there's a Zelda individual lands. Right. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. Uh But it's ex- as theme park fans, it's an exciting time to be around in Southern California because 
Disneyland is they're building their uh enormous Star Wars land. Yeah. Um oh man. That promises to be if like I think uh Bob Iger the CEO of Disney recently said that each cuz they're also building a very similar one possibly a duplicate in Florida mm-hmm. that each individual land is going to cost a billion dollars. Whoa. So, you know like it's crazy to me how much money is in this stuff, um, especially when we're like, oh, yeah, I don't know if Nintendo can make enough NES classics to <laughs> be like, oh, yeah, but build a theme park, guys. <laughs> um, and maybe that's more really being led by like Universal with just like oversight by Nintendo. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but Nintendo, as we've talked about before, is like so protective of their IPs. Like that was the big story when Universal got Harry Potter mm-hmm. was that uh, J.K. Rowling was so protective of it yeah that uh disney wanted more control and she was like no no and but universal was like we'll do whatever you want basically and uh i think she's become less hands-on as she's more comfortable with universal at this point and yeah they're like oh you're actually going to take care of it and i imagine it'll be a similar experience with nintendo where it sounds like miyamoto is being uh is uh he's especially with switch development not being hands-on that mm-hmm. it's a lot of younger developers, like the Splatoon generation, yeah. that is leading Switch development, and that he is being more of an overseer of, and protector of Nintendo products and w- has been working on uh, Super Mario Run, which is their first foray, real foray into like... Which is, it has basically launched at this point. Yeah, so, yeah. and then uh, that he's also working closely with Universal on this project. So, really exciting. Very exciting. Mark? Let's get out of the news. And also because we n- will never have an opportunity to uh, to do it again. Let's hear the, this news again. And what a even it's weird with its weird <laughs> cutoff at the end. What a what a grand tenth episode spectacular. Yeah. Blooper Orama. What what is it called? Uh Bummerama. Bummerama. <laughs> it has been. Uh, what well, yes. Uh and again, um, if you have spoilers for the M. Night Shyamalan movie split. Oh, we're like I think four weeks away. We're getting perilous. <laughs> we're getting close. very close. We're only gonna be able to ask you for this three or four more three times. Three or four more times. Also, I don't just as a as a matter of cleaning house here, we're not gonna miss any episodes here for the holidays right mark i not planning on it i mean neither uh, i uh, we plan on being there for you but really for us <laughs> <laughs> for uh, for everyone for yeah for for you and for all but this is going to do it for uh this episode of nintendo cartridge uh, Society. J- january 20th 2017 okay <laughs> <laughs> we need those uh those split spoilers uh otherwise mark's gonna have to Th- there's no universe where you see this movie is there i can't if people don't email you spoilers? Why would you do this to me, Patrick? I'm just, I want, I, I think we're getting close to it now. <sighs> and I haven't seen any emails. <laughs> no, I refuse. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not even for the bit. <laughs>
That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember to follow us on Twitter at NinCart Society and check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, if you have a second, we would love if you would rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. We've been talking about doing some kind of contest. Right. Uh, All the prizes that we've been talking about giving out are not available in Right. Stores. But just to give you an idea of like the scope of what we're thinking, we were considering if we could get one a nes classic edition Mm -hmm. um a one of like the uh new 3ds the black and white ones that they mario ones that they released for black Black friday Friday. Mm -hmm. um and if we can score one of those like in the next few weeks that's it's still on the table but that's like in the realm of what we've been and the way you would but hold on though go go ahead well what i was gonna say is the way you would enter Uh to win these is by uh rating and reviewing the show on Mm -hmm. itunes right but if people start doing that now i'll I'll, i I think considered entered yeah all right you heard it from mark now if you want to do that as part of a lead into a contest that might happen i will i will guarantee that the contest will happen what the prize will be we haven't determined yet. This feels crummy, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> People uh, just have to trust us. And uh, while you're reviewing us on on Good Faith, uh, you can also check out other podcasts on the What's a Creative Podcast Network. If you like this, you'll like something over there for sure. Uh, if you like Mark and mine's opinions about whatever, we also write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo, and our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can find more of 8-Bit Betty's music on 8bitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellery saying we hope you have, simply, a wonderful Christmas time. And thanks for listening. What's a creative podcast network?